Welcome to the Ole Miss podcast that never blows the coverage. He's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. I got it. He's fast. Never sets an illegal screen. I totally get what you're talking about. And always goes for it on fourth and one. Hut, hut, hike! It's time to justify your existence. I want the truth! You're hearing it. Here are your hosts, Ben Craddock and Paris Shulford. I'm joined by former Ole Miss quarterback Romero Miller. Romero, man, uh, how are things going in the insurance business? I see you all over Facebook all the time. Yeah, man, it's going it's going pretty good. You know, just like every other industry, we've taken a a little hit um, with COVID, but overall, you know, I can't I can't I can't, uh, can't complain. We're we're blessed here. That's good. That's always good to hear. Wanted to talk uh, quarterbacks with you a little bit, specifically Matt Corral. Uh, Romero, I watched him in 2019. He looked like a square peg in a round hole. I know that uh, that was not a system that played to his strengths. He also had an injury to deal with, and he was just a redshirt freshman in 2019. But I, I take all that into consideration, and I was really surprised at his level of play this year. Didn't see it coming. Not that I didn't think he would be effective, but I thought he was just really – really over the top for what I, I was thinking. What what did you think of Matt Corral in 2020? Well, I think this year uh, you can see his progression being um, around a new system, one that fitted him a lot more than the, the system before. Coming into the year, I didn't really know what to expect because coming out of training camp, they said that we was going to play two quarterbacks. You know, anytime you have two quarterbacks, you're thinking, man, something is not right. But uh, once the season started, uh, he put his footprint on the offense and uh, eventually won the offense and won the team over. So what um, what were your takes on this offense uh, by Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy? And, of course, uh, the Jeff Levy name is kind of buzzing right now, depending on uh, what UCF does with an AD, and, and, and that's out there. You know, they're going to have to flesh that out, so uh, we'll see where that goes. But what uh, what were your impressions of that offense this season? It was a big play offense. You know, they went out there and uh, was able to let Matt go go deep um, a lot this year. Not only that, um, we had Elijah Moore, who had who's probably one of the top wide receivers in the country. And you know, watching the Alabama game, I kind of thought um, back to, to the I mean, the Alabama championship game. I kind of thought you know about Elijah Moore because you know what Bama did was they just drew up plays and got their best guy the ball. And um, if you look at Ole Miss uh, throughout the season, they drew up plays and got um, our best guy, Elijah Moore, the ball. And not only that, when he wasn't around or, you know, the team had him covered up, you know, some of the younger guys stepped up. So it bodes well, not only for Matt um, in 2020, but going into next year also. You know, when you talk about just getting your guys the ball, I mean, sometimes I think football, we complicate it too much, but you really – can I thought I thought Kiffin did a good job of identifying Elijah Moore and his talent and playing to it. And I thought to me the play that that most exemplified that was the South Carolina game when the defense you know you couldn't stop them, so you got this back and forth going on. And it's about five minutes left in the game. Kiffin has already in that game played Elijah at running back, okay, yeah. which we had we had not seen before. So a new wrinkle there. They get that fourth down from the 25-yard line. It's like fourth and 10, whatever it is, five and a half minutes left. And uh, he lines him up at running back, 
And while the other routes are developing, how you forget about Elijah Moore, I don't know. But the other routes are developing, and Elijah just slips out of the backfield. He's wide open. Corral throws a strike, touchdown. That was kind of that was the one that finally gave Ole Miss a two-possession lead and, and really kind of secured that game. So you're right. I thought they did a good job of identifying Moore as one of their best players and, and getting him the ball. Uh, back to uh, Corral. Where do you think he can improve in 2021? Well, I think um, he can improve, especially in his decision-making. I think there was like one or two games this year where um, he threw the ball to the opposing team a little bit more than what we would like. Um, I think that was the Arkansas game and maybe maybe the LSU game, LSU. I'm not for sure. But, you know, I looked at the bowl game and I tweeted out, uh, I, I would like seeing his progression because even a bowl game, um, he didn't force the ball in the coverage like he did in previous games. And I usually say, you know, if you do take what the defense give, the big play is going to come. In that game, the big plays didn't come. But, you know, nickel and dime of those guys down the field, up and down the field uh, led us to victory. And that's all it's about, getting victory. So you can see his progression and his growth uh, from, you know, the Arkansas game uh, coming down to the scratch into the bowl game. Yeah, that, that was a good defense, too, that Indiana put on the field that day. Uh, you talk about Matt going through his progressions. The interceptions, really, most of them, the bulk of them, he had 14, 11 came in two games, Arkansas and LSU. Did you see him forcing the ball in other games and just getting away with it? It looked to me like after the Arkansas game, you had a guy who came back razor-focused on ball protection and, uh, and, and trying to make good decisions and taking care of things. I thought the LSU game was just a lapse, like he yeah. got too relaxed and – and and in both of those games, once he got once he got a couple of interceptions, uh, it, it just started snowballing, and and uh, and and he just looked uh, out of control. But uh, did you think that that he was adequate in ball protection most of the season, or was he forcing some things into some windows and just kind of getting away with it? No, I just think those two games you just take him out. I think the Arkansas game was one of those. Okay, he's making his uh, maybe second third start as a sophomore and um, then you go you have about eight nine ball game where ball security is a must and then you go out there go to LSU we're thinking you know we're going to go down and hang out hang up 60 points on them just by showing up type of deal and uh, reverted back to some bad habits by maybe lack of, I mean maybe overconfident um, or something like that but you know he started off LSU pretty bad but coming down the stretch in the fourth quarter he kind of reined it back in and was almost able to steal the win out of uh, out of Death Valley but um, you can't go into a game and give that many turnovers and expect to win but you know we almost did but um, hopefully next year that'll be a lesson for him and um, the guys on the team also. Yeah in the Arkansas game as well Romero you have all those turnovers all those interceptions interceptions yet in both of those games Ole Miss has the ball in the last two minutes and is driving for a potential or could drive for a potential touchdown. That Arkansas interception came early uh, on that last drive. I thought at LSU, when they got a couple of plays under the belt and started moving, I thought, man, they're fixing to win it on the last play. They're fixing to win yeah. this game on the last play and got down to like the 24 or something like that and turned it over again. What do you think? taking Elijah Moore out of this offense next year. You know, players come and go and different playmakers emerge and, and all of that. But you mentioned Elijah is, 
as being especially talented. What does that mean for Matt next season? You know, uh, even when Elijah Moore opted out um, the last two games, I look at it as a plus. Um, he get to go out here and he don't get to rely on Elijah. He's not on the field, so he can go out here and throw to the guys for next year. And the way I look at it, those last couple of games, they were better than spring football practice because you're going out and playing against LSU and playing against Indiana. So um, I know the fan was upset about it, but, you know, the way I was looking at it, man, this right here is better than spring ball. He get to go out here and uh, throw the ball around to some guys that's going to be there next year and give guys confidence going into next year. So um, I'm, I was pleased. Um, with his growth in those two games, you know, because we went out and put up a million yards. And um, like I so said, we left some things on the table. We, sh we possibly should have came out 2-0, and but um, could have, would have, should have. Um, but like I said, they got, a, they got a heck of a spring ball um, uh, type field going up against Baton, going out to Baton Rouge and going to the bowl game. Um, do you have a favorite among the wide receivers who you think might uh, emerge uh, that we're not thinking about or somebody we didn't talk about uh, in 2020? Um, you know, I, th I think Mingo. Mingo's going to be one of his top guys next year. Um, he's been on the cusp for the last couple of years, and I actually I tweeted physically. Um, if you put him put him beside AJ, man, they look almost comparable when looking at them, you know, from, from afar. Quite naturally, he's not AJ Brown, but um, hopefully we can get him close to that point. But I think he's going to be one of the go-to guys just because he's been around for two or three years. And, uh, you know, some of the younger guys, then also, you know, they signed a couple of receivers. So anytime you sign Juco, Juco kids like that uh, and stuff like that, you expect those guys to come in and make immediate impact. So one thing about Lane, I'm not worried about, uh, not worried about wide receivers and I'm not worried about quarterbacks. Um, so I think we'll be okay. Are you worried about losing an offensive coordinator or do you trust that Lane can fill that position in 2021 and not miss a beat? I mean, it's, I mean, I think that would be a, a big uh, indicator early on if, if what we saw in 2020 was uh, the Lane Kiffin offense or the Jeff Lebby impact, if it plays out that Jeff Lebby leaves. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, just for uh, being an Ole Miss fan, I want to be selfish and just say I wish he would uh, stay around one more year just because of continuity. It seemed like the last couple of years we've just had turnover after turnover. But I will say – um, but the coaches that we've seen to replace them with underlying given, um, I hate to say they're upgrades because it's making it sound like the other coaches didn't do their job, but it just seemed like um, he has a lot of contacts and he's able to uh, pick up the phone and get guys to take jobs and work for him. So uh, if, if Levy, if he leave, um, like I said, I'm quite sure Lane will find somebody um, just as good to replace him. And then, like I said, push come to shove, I'm quite sure Lane can open up his playbook and make things and call some plays also.